Can I get a vibe check? Check one, two, two, one, check. <laughs> well, this is Nova here, and it's a Friday evening. And Mamoon, how about you tell them a little bit about what you're up to? <laughs> Can they even hear me from over there? I don't know. <laughs> Who are they anyway? <laughs> Need to say that. <laughs> Well, you can, you can take a break from what you're doing and come tell the listeners. No, I can't. So I'm looking at what appears to be a witch's brew, or Shrek semen. We don't know. Wow, that was really inappropriate. No. I, I know. A rare crude joke by you. <laughs> I won't even say the word ass on the left. Audio journal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just coming out with a crude on to start us off. We extracted San Pedro for the first time. Not sure how it's gonna go yet. Um, it's looking mighty frothy. <laughs> <laughs> frothy. Yeah. Looks kinda reminds me of like a matcha latte. <laughs> it does kinda look like matcha. It turns out Mamoon still likes to drink them, even after all that's happened. <laughs> I'm really curious how this is going to taste as a tea, but there appears to be quite a lot of it. And it looks hilarious cooking in this wok. Shout out Mamoon for the idea. <laughs> They usually have a lot of those. <laughs> and now we're kissing. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Just exposing me like that. What do you guys say about that? Uh, the intermission is over, folks. So, you're stirring it now? Oh, it looks so different underneath all the foam. That's what I'm saying. It's like... There's foam It's like and dark green. Yeah. There's foam and then there's that liquid. Baby, if, if you're gonna stir it, don't just... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I drink it. <laughs> it does look kind of tasty. You could just tell the cactus was excited. <laughs> I was gonna add another dirty joke and then decided against it. Wow. <laughs> so, not only are we working on the San Pedro project that we've been meaning to do for months <laughs> but we also wanted to come through with some questions for one another pertaining to the past the present and the future but this is something that I was curious about for you um, seeing that you've gone through a lot of changes in life 
whether that be like where you're where you're living um who you're around like things like that so my curious question was what are some of the past beliefs that you had in those times that you've let go of and how have they transformed I'll use the word ideal a belief that you have about yourself that <clears throat> comforts you like comforts your ego you may be a mother and you believe that you're a good mom like <clears throat> maybe you are maybe you're not but then you start believing like this idea of yourself being not just a good mom but like the perfect mom and then life happens in a way that you know brings out your flaws and you're like your ideal is crushed that mm. you're not actually perfect after all so what was your ideal i had this ideal of myself that i found peace in peace forever ideally that would be nice you know <laughs> like it felt really good to tell myself that that like my suffering is done like I have suffered but there's no more left for me because I'm at peace now mm. and part of part of my ideal was that of love being like something I could do really freely and open like without putting labels on it I had this ideal that I'm a lover of life and people and that if I'm ever you know fell in love with somebody they could be with they sh could and should be with as many lovers as possible including myself um and I definitely was always attracted to people who were like taken and that's how I justified it in my head was like well love is love you know I'm just spreading more of it I'm just sharing more of it and I had this ideal that I would be able to do that on the other end and that ideal was crushed with like the reality of being jealous or possessive and I had to let that ideal go which is which is still to this day tough well do you think that you can still give love to other people in ways that aren't necessarily romantic or sexual <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, but, <laughs> you know, the ideal was that it could be romantic or sexual, so I had to let that ideal go. What is something that you would more fully express? An emotion, a thought, a feeling? It's a funny question, you know, because oftentimes I wish I could be less expressive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
if there's one that I wish I could express more of, I'm, I'm playing around with faith. Not in, like, faith in a god or something, but just, like, faith in life. It's more of just a feeling, like, in your heart. Where, like, you love someone and they say something and you trust it. It's, it's not like a laziness. It's just, like, a feeling that you, f you feel at home with it, you know? Like, so I'm trying to express that more in a way that like makes other people and myself just feel that like at homeness step 11 slowly over time the pulpy green goop remixes with the water until it reaches the consistency of glue or snot yeah yeah sounds appetizing yeah quite so that's how I wanted to like lead us into this conversation. Now, what cool. what's your question for me? <laughs> that's a nice setup that you did for yourself. Really setting the tone. Yeah. One thing that anyone would aspire for is, at the moment of death, that you don't feel any regrets. A rabbit hole that I dwell in sometimes not too often or too long but I do feel there's moments in our lives where we have a choice like to go this way or to go that way and it's very it's very felt in those moments that depending if I go this way or that way like my path my unfolding is going to be vastly different like what is one of those crossroads in your path where you felt indecisive should I go this way should I go that way and I guess the follow-up to that revolving around the past is like looking back now where do you think that path would have unfolded like, how do you think that path would have unfolded if you did and had gone the other way? Resigning from my drinking career was a big one. <laughs> I never thought that I wanted to. I wasn't going to kid myself and say that, like, I could just write it off because I didn't want to. As I gathered more and more clean time, I don't even remember when, but one day I just decided it's not worth limiting myself in some way. I can freely choose. I'm not telling myself, no, you can't have this. No, you can't do that. No, 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 no. Or you can only have this much. Or you can only do it when you go here. Or you can only do it if you're with somebody or whatever. I never said that I couldn't. But, like, having the capacity to, like, say, I could, but I'm not going to. Because I don't want to. On my own accord. But that's, like, how my life has panned out from making that choice of not wanting to. I'm not reprimanding myself and telling myself no. 
but just not wanting to. Was that a thing that you consciously and intentionally decided how, you know, how you were going to approach that, how you were going to frame that, your perspective on it? Like, were you conscious and intentional about that, or was it something that just kind of happened? It's something that kind of happened, and that came from me listening to others' stories, living my own story, being present without that mind-numbing for the first time in an incredibly long time. And my life unfolded in a way that's more open to freedom and more understanding of free will. And if I chose not to do that, who knows if I would have been able to graduate college. Who knows if I would have left a relationship that was eating me from the inside out. Like, I don't know if any of those things would have So you happened. stopped drinking before you left a relationship? It was like hanging on by a thread, not in the relationship, but like... I was bringing in any type of relationship, anything that would, like, fill me up in some way. Yeah. And, like, when it came crashing down on my head, I thought it was funny for a while. And then I realized that hella wasn't. <laughs> but it wasn't entirely conscious at first. I imagine it. Like, there's a, there's a theater, and there's a play going on, and I'm in the background, and I'm pulling all the strings, and, like, no one knows that, that it's me. And then, at the same time, like, the play is looking amazing on the outside. Behind the scenes, like, it's, it's almost as if I didn't even know that I was tearing down the set. I'd imagine that eventually there would be nothing left to tear down. And when I played the tape through, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to end up dead. Do you still feel that um, this pulling the strings, does that still linger in your present moment? I don't feel the need to, to pull the strings anymore because frankly, it's exhausting. It's a lot to keep up with, and it feels just as artificial as it is, if not more. And I think that's why I appreciate that free will so much, and how, like, in our relationship, when I tell you that all of you is accepted, and, like, anything that you're thinking or feeling is accepted, because that's your free will, and that's beautiful, and I have nothing to do with that. And I love that. I love that I'm not pulling the strings on the people or the things in my life anymore. I think I was pretty good at pulling strings too. Just to, just for convenience, really. It was like my biggest thing is not necessarily control, but just like, hey, I just want my life to be easier. You know, like just <laughs> convenient. You are good at that. <laughs> and I'm still, that's what I'm saying, is it still lingers. Like, at least now I'm not, I'm not tricking people into, like, 
gave me drugs or something, but I was still tricking people all the time to do things. And like, in, in willingly, that's the crazy thing, is like, I don't ever put fear into people or like force them. I just phrase it in a way that makes it seem like enticing <laughs> the mamoon charm but sometimes undeniable I, but baby like sometimes i do feel manipulative like and i know like largely i asked the question to you because i think largely it's really un unconscious mm. that's the tough thing to deal with it it's like there's like a glimpse of light in me that sees it in the moment and like labels it like that's greed or like that's um manipulation you know that's tricking you know it's like mm -hmm. still but i'm in the moment i'm like shush <laughs> like, <laughs> like like the the habit is so strong you know so it looks like it's time for you wahaha the type. <laughs> yeah, baby, you know me. Gotta gotta stay strapped with the with the AIDS sometimes. Been hitting that pen, you know. Gotta keep it. <laughs> gotta keep it together. Looking into the future. What is your inner potential calling you to? My inner potential. It it does not tell me like details. You know, it's just like an intensity that's felt, and sometimes it's really dull, like a candle burning out, and it's just like that meaningless feeling of like, with what is the point of all of this, you know? And then other times it's just like a flame, and it's just felt like this flame could bring so much light, you know, it could be a really big fire if I fed it right. And that fire is very dynamic, you know, it's like always lessening, always getting stronger and then weaker again. But it does not like specifically tell me to do this or that. I can project sometimes like what's calling me to what based off my desires and fears inner potential should nourish yourself inside of you first like whatever it is it should feel nourishing inside of you and then that should be able to spread to the outer like you should be able to touch people with it and they should feel like nourished by whatever it is that to me is like blossoming of inner potential is like sharing the fragrance with other people of like hey this is going on inside of me you know <laughs> like here can you see it outside Ooh, like like those two are so connected that it's interesting you know to feel inner potential because it's there way before the outer fragrance you know the flower is a seed and growing and blossoming way before anyone sees its colors and smells it. And I think just feeling, that's where you feel the flame. It's like, ooh, there's like a flower on the way.
and then sometimes, you know, no flowers, but hey, that's just the process. Alrighty, this thing's popping. Yeah, it's looking good. Definitely evolving. Yeah, it's starting to be reabsorbed. I love the imagery that you have when you're talking. My question for you in the future, realistically think like, if you failed really bad at something, you really went for something and you failed, how it would affect your health? And then like right now, if you were going for something and it took off and success came to you in all forms how to affect your health a series of failures like over and over and over again like ultimately there's going to be a point where i'm just gonna have enough and i'm gonna have enough of like trying to do something that's not like in my inherent gifts to be healthy there should be a mix of success and failure is that way like you're still being challenged and humbled but at the same time like I'm sure it's nourishing to have your goals met to have your aspirations actualized that would be amazing but also there's a point where if there's an absence of failure when life inevitably does things that are out of your control then it's like such a bruise to the ego or you get locked in the illusion of the ego and you know <laughs> when are you ever gonna get out at that point comfort and growth rarely coexist and a life without growth is stagnant and a life that is stagnant is not life at all. However, if life is just hard as nails all the time, like, it wouldn't be so good either. For, for instance, like, like success sometimes makes me feel like I don't gotta sleep or eat a crumb of food. Like, it could make me on a high like that, you know, like, and failure could make me also want to, to like not feed myself or just like just like things that don't have any like rhyme or reason to them it's just like how you're affected by it mm. in, inherently like instinctually failure I retreat into myself I become quiet awkward um when people look at me or confront me, I just like kind of nervously giggle and <laughs> ah! and I eat a lot, yeah, all the time. Like just just eating to like distract, yeah. Really, for example, like bow drill fires, yeah. having a need to feel and be seen as competent. Yeah. Um, that I retreated, felt humiliated, all of those things. 
Eventually, I felt like I needed it so bad. I knew that if I didn't do it, I would never forgive myself. Mm. It was one of those things where you know in your heart what it means to you without having to have had the success before. And eventually, like, I just start practicing in private, yeah. not wanting to to give up on it mm-hmm. when failure is actually a deep, deep motivator. And it's almost empowering. Like, I have the opportunity mm-hmm. to try again. Mm-hmm. I love that. And success. I really do live in the moment with it, which is a good thing, I would say. Yeah, you feel present during it. Yeah, feel really present, like drinking it in, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I earned like, this. Like, like intoxicated almost. Yeah, yeah. And I'd become like kind of an attention whore over it. But the other type of success, like one that I truly earn, one that I put my heart into, one that like really had to take me out of my comfort zone it helps you like recognize your inherent worthiness sometimes it's hard to recognize that in failure healthy success or healthy failure are welcomed Another kissing intermission. <laughs> the tongue down my throat intermission. <laughs> Damn, just gonna expose me like that again. Why wouldn't they want to know that? <laughs> I like looking at you and giving your answer. <laughs> look how you look in this light, too. Now hmm. I can put your feet up in my lap. <clears throat> oh, baby, look! Whoa! It's getting that cactus color. Uh huh. Like it said it would. <laughs> <laughs>